Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 43rd episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I'm Rob. And I'm Anna Marie, and this episode is sponsored by Meeples and Milkshakes. Visit them in-store at 130 Westminster Avenue West, Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Yes, um... This episode is going to be one of our rapid fire review episodes yeah. where we're, we're going to be doing three smaller games again. Um, but we aren't going to talk about those just yet. We got a couple things to talk about before that. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about today was that we are about, uh, what's today? Today's the, the 10th? 10th. Nope, the, September 11th. Today. Oh, yes, September 11th. Yeah. A sad day. Very sad day. Um, um, but yeah, we are only a couple, two, three weeks here away from Shucks 2022. Oh man, this, this will be our first convention Yeah, since, um, the whole pandemic started. Yeah. We, the last convention we went to was Shucks because we in were 2019. We were scheduled to go to Terminal City in uh, March. Tabletop convention in, in March. It shut down and, like a week. Yes. Like the whole world shut down about a week. A week or two before. before. Terminal City so sad. Yeah, that was disappointing. And yeah, but so the last time we were at a convention was Sharks 2019. In and now we're going to another yeah, one. So this is the so first excited. one. Oh, we're so excited. Um, <laughs> I feel like wait. I'm already on holiday mode and I'm not even taking any vacation days for it. It's just, yeah. you know, like I'm just... I feel like I'm going on holiday. And so for people that don't know, Shucks is a gigantic board game convention that is put on by the group from Shut Up and Sit Down, a fairly famous group of board game <laughs> fairly, podcasters fairly and famous. YouTubers out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, th that's going on September 30th to October 2nd down at the Vancouver Convention Center here in BC, Canada. So they come all the way across the pond. They're a British, a British group. Um, and they come over and they host their convention only three hours from our house, which is really amazing. And I just thought I would go through a little bit of who's going to be there because I don't think you even know exactly. Probably not. There. So the I'm whole just crew, excited to go. <laughs> uh, the whole crew, more or less, Quinn's, Matt, Ava, Tom and Pip are all going to be there. Um, and then so are some designers like Isaac Vega. And oh, cool. you would recognize Isaac Vega from Dead of Winter, Forgotten Waters mm -hmm. and... Ashes Reborn. Oh, yes. <laughs> I would really like to meet him and shake his hand on, uh, you know, giving us such awesome fun with Ashes Reborn over the last couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Ying is going to be there and he's one of the um, designers of the Star Wars Imperial Assault oh, set. cool. As well as Doom and a few other things. A bunch of, um, if I remember correctly... A huge amount of Power Rangers okay. and G.I. Joe, so licensed stuff that he's been uh, largely involved in. And then t Tim Eisner, does that ring a bell? Yes. Because he did Tidal Blades. Yes, I knew and... it did. I know the names. I just don't always <laughs> know how to connect them. And recently, one of the best games we've played in a long, long time, Wonderland's War. Oh, cool. Yeah, is going to be there as Both well. Both great games. Oh, I know. Oh. Yeah. And I mean, there's a whole bunch more, but then another, uh, a cool name I saw listed was Ross Connell and he is, um, a, he's a British, uh, guy as well. And he is now the, he started off just as like a board game photographer, hmm. I believe. Like he's just like a freelance, uh, type of guy. 
and he's now the marketing manager for North Star Games. Oh, neat. Um, and he's also still a photographer. So, like, he takes some of the best pictures out there. Like, people send him their games. He, he takes oh. them out of the box, puts them in display. How fun would that be? I know, right? Like, that's your job. You get to d- take video or pictures of board games. Yeah. And oh. he's, he's a beloved um, guy in the industry. Like, everybody loves this guy. And he just, yeah, he takes such wonderful pictures. He's the nicest guy. I'd like to meet him as well. Super um, cool. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Just a, And there's a huge, there's a huge, the list goes on and on. And there's going to be something like 60 publishers there, oh, which is just going to be crazy. There's going to be all the different panels going on and all there's these There's not enough time in the days. Oh, I know. Announcements and things. The last time we were there, we got to see Isaac, or... Uh, Childress. Isaac Childress, sorry. Yeah. Um, announce Frosthaven. Yeah. Which was really crazy. Which can come anytime right? it wants to now. Uh, I just saw an <laughs> announcement, or my last email, I think yesterday, said that they're actually done, Ooh. Um, I think, development of it. Like, it's all, like, uh, like the actual cr- create- creation of all the bits. Okay. So, I think now everything needs to be packaged, I believe, cool. is the last thing I saw. So, it's still, like, a Get me on the assembly go. line. I'll get that in and out of the door. Yeah. You know, there's only how many thousands well, yeah. of copies you need to oh, do I know. Oh, <laughs> tens of thousands so of... <laughs> many 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 copies and it's but that's so cool like so many cool things go on at this convention and it's a great group I, i've met quinn's and matt uh a couple of different times um and interested and in, would love to meet the rest and um yeah we're really looking forward to shucks here in vancouver which yeah. is about yeah about three hour drive from our front door here three three and a half hours depending uh, here in Kelowna. And uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Depending on Vancouver traffic. <laughs> yes. But we're <laughs> going to, so that's still on the Friday. So we're going to dr- drive down first early, early, early Friday morning, get down there, check into the hotel and yeah, and uh, and get going. It's cool because our hotel is only like two blocks from the convention it's center. Super cool. So we're going to spark our truck and away we go for three days, just walking around. It's going to be great. So if anyone that's listening is going to be at Shucks in, uh, the end of September here, like feel free to come and see us. We'll be, we've just ordered a whole bunch of um, <laughs> merch for ourselves. Like um, uh, we've got hoodies and hats and all these things coming. So we're going to have all that stuff on. So you can, if you don't uh, know what we look like, we'll have uh, our logo and stuff on our shirts and stuff. So you can, Big if you bold, see that, the meeple dungeon. <laughs> it'll be the only <laughs> stuff in the world that has our logo on it. So if, if you see someone wearing it, it will be either me or Anna Marie. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you feel free to come up and say hi if that's uh, something you'd like to do, because we like meeting people. And, yeah. Yeah, maybe we could play a game or whatever. Or send us a message, like whatever. Uh, message yeah. us on Twitter or um, send us an email. Yeah, we're down for we whatever. Can. We're going to be there yeah. uh, with a group of probably another six people or so, mm-hmm. um, at least. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be great. Um, and hopefully we can see some people there. But I guess we could talk about a few things that were new to our collection that we got we've had quite a few things new over the last few weeks but we're only going to mention a couple of them here because we're going to have to spread ourselves out a little bit (laughs) over um our podcast and we do stuff with other people that we talk about uh new to the collection as well so we have to kind of um, pace ourselves pace ourselves yeah (laughs) so do you want to talk about yours first sure because i've done a lot of talking here so why not I'm very excited. I heard about this game. Um, I believe it was uh, Mike Delisio from the Dice Tower. I, I right. Yeah, yeah. I want to say this was on his uh, most anticipated list for 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I first kind of heard about it. And um, then I uh, 
pre-ordered it as soon as I saw it on uh, Come On The Pre-orders, yeah. and it just came in, and we just picked it up today, and I'm so excited to dive in, and that yeah, is... Yeah, we did just pick this up today. Yes, <laughs> yeah. That's right. And that is uh, Trekking Through History, and that is uh, designed by Charlie Blink, art by Eric Hibbler, and published by Underdog Games. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, this game, it's uh, primarily card-based, I believe, and you go on a three-day tour of history. <laughs> so there are okay. uh, around just over 100 history cards. So you're basically, um, there'll be little events, so you get to read a little blurb about history, and then um, you are you get, like, more points if you can visit them in kind of chronological order. So I'm not too sure. I haven't read the rules. I don't know how it plays. But, um, yeah, I th- and you think you get to play off of kind of each other's um, discoveries and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see how this how this plays. And I love time travel, so this is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Get yeah. to go through time. But it's also, um, yeah, like historical events. So with over 100 um, cards, even if you're just getting a little snippet of things, I think this will be really cool for myself mm-hmm. um, to maybe spur me on to be like, oh, I had no idea what that was and then learn more about it. Um, but also for the kids, if right. they're like, what's that? And then be like, oh, well, let me tell you. Let's go look <laughs> it up. You know, we'll we'll learn about it together. So I think um, I'm really excited for that aspect of it as well, because I don't know. I think I love learning little things that I had no idea about. So, yeah, that's yeah. a game that was totally I totally missed. I didn't I don't even recognize the box. Um, I didn't. But as soon as you mentioned it, I had no idea really what you were talking about. It's a nice box. I like it. The, is. I like great. the art. Now that I, it's here and you. Like, it looks awesome, and Mm -hmm. it it sounds great, and I'm glad you got it, because it's one that I totally missed. Yeah. And ours is, it says they're the Kickstarter version, so it's got a solo mode attached to it, which Which we don't need. (laughs) We don't need, but. (laughs) um, But no, yeah, now that it's sitting here in front of us, I'm like, wow, yeah, I'm glad you you went and grabbed that one, because it looks looks really cool. Yeah. Yeah, who's, what's the publisher on that again? Underdog Games. Underdog Games, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I think we're going to play that one soon. Um, yes. I think that one's actually getting, uh, we're, we're, we're doing some shuffling around of what we're, we're doing, trying to, um, we don't have enough time to do all yeah, of the things so, that we want to do. We have a hard enough time right now, school starting yes. and just kids are back life in school <laughs> in general. Kids are back in hockey. We're not getting as many games played as we want. So we're yeah. trying to, uh, remedy that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think this one's going to kind of rise to the top of our heap here to, as far as reviews go. Keep it new and fresh. Yeah, so that, that'll that be in the next couple of weeks. And I believe Crescent Moon is coming from Osprey yeah. Games in the next couple of really weeks. That we're going to be... Too. We already have it. I, I, I don't mean it's, it's coming. But I think that a review of ours mm-hmm. is coming on that in the next couple uh, weeks as well. We yeah. just need to get in a few good plays of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Trekking Through History. Really excited to, to give that one a go because it yeah. looks really cool. I love the idea of anything time travel. Yeah, so me too. <laughs> sounds good to me. And I have one here that I got a couple weeks ago, and I don't believe I've mentioned this game anywhere. I don't think so. Um, certainly not on our podcast. I may have talked about it somewhere else. I but, don't think um, so, but either way. <laughs> here it is anyway. And this <laughs> one's called The Dwarves Big Box. Uh, and this one comes from Pegasus Spiel and designed by Michael Palm and Lucas Zack. Um this one, I believe, is based off a set of novels. Yeah. Yeah, which, from, yeah, yeah. here it is. Novels by Marcus Heights. Um, these are novels I don't know anything about. But I feel like I want to. I know. Well, looking at this, I'm like, right? oh, man, I didn't. This looks awesome. <laughs> I bought it. This is another one that um, 
uh, you bought purely bought by the more or less purely the look on of the box. box. You know what's funny? I saw this on pre-order, um, and I meant to tell you about it, and I forgot. And I meant to ask you, like, hey, is this something you'd be interested in? Because I mean, we both are Lord of the Rings fans. Yes. We love Gimli, like yes. love dwarves, that whole fantasy kind of genre. Yep. And um, I was like, oh, this looks this looks fun. And I just thought, again, I also thought the box looked awesome. And I don't, every time I looked through it, you just weren't around or whatever. And I, yeah. and my brain, honestly, like it was in and out. <laughs> and I kept forgetting. <laughs> so then when you said you had got, I'm like, oh, good. Because I thought we both would enjoy that. So yeah, I love dwarves and, and yeah, the art looks awesome. So what's the artwork by here? Uh, Yarek Nokan. Hmm. I don't know, but yeah, the artwork's sweet. Um, so this one, yeah, is based off these novels. It says, uh, here, I got a little blurb here. It says, the big box, big box edition for Mark Heights' best-selling novel series, The Dwarves, allows you to bring all five books to life on the game table. Fight against the army of evil. Defend yourself against dragons. Find the mighty diamond and exercise your influence in the Dwarven Council. Choose between several levels of difficulty from easy to heroic. Enjoy many hours of play in Girdlegarg. <laughs> Oh, man, I want to read these books so bad. <laughs> yeah, Girdlegarg with this classic co-op game. Um, yeah, and it says includes all the base game or, yeah, includes the base game and all the expansions released to date. Um, because I think this game was released a few years ago. Like, I don't think it's um, a it's brand new game. Well, this version is 2022. Um, so this, I mean, it must have been released. Well, it's a big box, right? So right. I think it's... So this is all the, you know... All the everything. Oh, what does it say here? 2003? Oh, man. Really? I don't know. Maybe. Either way, it's because um, it's got some copyrights on here all the way back to 2003, 04, 05, 08, But that could be the books too, right? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll take a look and see what I can find. But it looks really cool. It looks, um, yeah, it's co-op. It's, it's got some great components, some uh, cool little minis. Um, yeah, it looks like kind of a, a map kind of system going on i really don't know much about what's going on in this game other than it just looks really cool and um yeah i'm excited to play it it says fight orcs trolls elfar it's I guess 2012 in, oh it's 2012 2012 the game and then um, and then a whole bunch of uh, all the ex- looks like expansions and everything so it's 10 years old yeah and uh so this is like a kind of a re-release with all the expansions included and yeah travel girdle garg <laughs> and influence the dwarven council so I'm just showing Rob. You guys won't be able to benefit from it, but that's the uh, original. Oh, cool! Cover. That's a wicked piece of art too. It's also yeah, they're two but two neat cool. covers. So yeah, no, I love it. This yeah. one's got a. I would have been intrigued with that one too. A black uh, box with a black axe with golden outlines looks really really neat. Yeah. But yeah, that's um, yeah, that's that's it for the new to the collection. We got the dwarves, the dwarves big, big box, box, and we got trekker or trekking, trekking through, through history. history. So that's uh, about that, I think. I think we're going to head on over and start out our rapid fire review segment. Alrighty then, here we are at our... Rapid, rapid fire, fire review segment. We'll have to work on that one a yeah. little bit. Ooh, that was rough. And uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, start off our rapid fire. So we're going to do three games. 
And the first one we're going to do is what game, Anne-Marie? The first game we're going to do is Nine Minute Kingdom. And this one is published by Hornet Games, and they're out of Poland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I is... couldn't find designer or art, so... That's okay. I can't um, give them credit, but... <laughs> not, yeah, it's, it's not on any of the box or anything. We'd have to dig for it. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, yeah, Nine Minute Kingdom. This was a Kickstarter that we backed um, sometime last year. Or, yeah, I think. Or earlier this year. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's a small box, small game, uh, cards mostly. There's a few little bits and pieces in the box for a whole array of different expansions that come in this box. But what the game is, is thematically, it's uh, it's all about literally a kingdom. So, like, um, you know, just putting together the lands around a castle and um, the different roads and fields and... And rivers and things like that that are kind of, uh, you know, just in a typical fantasy kingdom sort of thing. And so what you're doing in this game is it's you're building a nine by nine grid creating your kingdom. kingdom. And that's why this game is called Nine Minute Kingdom is because you're literally laying out nine cards in a nine by nine grid. And each decision kind of takes you about a minute. And in about nine minutes, you've got a kingdom made. And that's the end of the game. Yeah. (laughs) So what you're doing in this game is you're going to first start out. Okay. I'm going to start off by saying there's like a million little expansions in this box. I'm going to get to that And we're just going to talk about the base game here because there's like a lot of different things that they... uh, I'll interject really quickly. I just found the designer and artist, same guy, um, Stefan Stefan Miezak. Okay. I'm probably butchering that name. I apologize. Definitely. No worries. Uh, <laughs> but yes. Um, so what you're, yeah, this has got a million little expansions in it. Um, but the base base game, the idea is that you're going to, you're going to put out these cards, select at random, these things called the King's Edict cards. And what they are is kind of end of game s- scoring, like what you're looking to accomplish in while making your little kingdom. So all these different things, like uh, there's four different colors, I think, blue, green, red, uh, light and... green, and red. Yeah. And you are trying to arrange these uh, car these these cards. They're square cards, I, I should say. They're like in the shape of a tile. And um, but they're they're larger squares. Yeah, they're yeah. large. They're I don't know uh, two and a half by two and a half, something like that, or two by two or something. And uh, they uh, yeah, they'll have a whole array of different things on them, different types of terrain, different buildings. Uh, different Rose. layouts because yeah. some will have like only two some will have three some will have four like all these different things segments going of on the terrain and things yeah and uh so these edict cards you're going to select at random are going to basically dictate how you're going to build your kingdom to the best of your ability to try and score as many points that are dictated to you by these other cards so you're going to lay those out now how many there were seven yes. I think you start with the king's road card always and then you pick six more i think yes so some will say like largest red area or most blue areas blue areas or uh most of this type of building or so forth these type of things and then so once those are selected you're going to take the deck and you're going to uh depending on your player count you're going to make a deck uh because there's like i think this plays up to uh, six actually (laughs) uh so for us it's two so you whittle the deck down to uh just the two player cards and you're going to deal those out so we each have 10 cards of these square tile type cards. And um, what you're going to do is draft one of them out of your hand. And you're going to kind of look at your your cards and decide which one makes most sense for you. And you're going to lay it out onto the board. And 
Uh, you can orient it whatever you'd like, whatever way you'd like. But once you've put it onto the table, uh, card lays a it. card plate, yeah. folks. Like when we're both satisfied with putting our card down, then that's the end of that turn. And then we're going to pass our hands to each other and we're going to draft another card. Yep. And you're going to take one and you're going to lay it down and you're going to try and orient it so that it connects you to, to, attach your it to yours tile yeah. best you can. Um, to tr- again, to try to satisfy as many of those edict cards that mm-hmm. were laid out at the beginning of the game. Now, it doesn't have to match. Like, it doesn't have to connect. Nope. Like, you don't not. have to have a light green and a light green c- terrain connecting. Nope. You can, they, you can make it however you want because that's going to, you know, you're going to look at your edict cards and see, well, maybe I want to have a whole bunch of little ones. Right. Maybe or... you don't want one huge green area. Yeah. Maybe you want a whole bunch of little green areas. Yeah, so they don't have to connect at all. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to go back and forth doing this, literally taking about a minute per turn, um, selecting a card, laying it down, and you're going to make a nine by nine grid out of these cards. You'll have one one card left over out of each hand. Exactly. You're going to have one card left and then that card gets discarded and then you'll go to the scoring and you're going to look at those edict cards and you're going to see who satisfied which one the most. And you're going to go through all seven of them and you're going to score points on those. So like, let's, because the one card that's in all the games is the long, like the King's Road card. And so on, on the cards are like white lines with these little round uh, bumps on them. And uh, you count up those bumps and as they're connected through your, uh, your kingdom and whoever's the most of the little dot bumps on your white lines is your longest road. Yeah. And whoever got that is going to get X amount of points from that King's uh, King's Road card. And so you're going to win that card and on that card is going to be the points and those are your points you're going to get. And then you are going to do that for all the different edict cards. You're going to go through and I have the biggest green area and you have the most of the blue areas and you have this many buildings and so forth. So we're going to win the different cards and then we're going to, uh, so those will be points in our pocket. Yeah. And then there's scoring cards for yes. the end of the game. So you have a scoring card in each color. So you have yes. four scoring cards. So aside from everything you've been doing, you have these four cards that have been sitting there the whole time um, that you're going to now use. Yes. And basically on those ones, you've got, um, uh, it'll tell you, like if you have uh, on, on each of the, in each color, you're going to have different symbols that will show up on the cards you're laying out. Mm-hmm. There'll be like a, a little cottage or a windmill or a knight on a horse or a church or, you know, a castle. They'll have these different symbols. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, if you have, you know, three symbols in that in that one color, one region of color, like it has to be a chunk of region, mm-hmm. um, then you get like one point. And if you have four, you get two points, you know, things like that. So the more different symbols, unique symbols you have in an area, the more you're going to get. I think it's if you have two, you get one. If you have three, you get two. If you have something yeah, like that. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, but then if you get all, if you get five different symbols of one, then you flip the card over and you get and seven, seven points. Seven, yes. So the highest you can get on the front of the card is four and then you can flip it over to get seven. So yeah. that's where um, if you're trying to get that seven, we're planning out your kingdom so that you've got all, like all the different symbols mm-hmm. that could be a bonus. But then you got to say what makes more sense getting that bonus or getting, trying to get a lot of the edict cards. So there's yeah. definitely a balance in there in which what, in what you're trying to, to get. Um, but yeah, then you basically just count up your points for your, for those cards, plus mm-hmm. what you had for the edict cards yep. and the player with the most points wins. Yeah. That's, that's the base of yeah. it. And that's, that's the, yeah, the kind of the original game. And like we said, there is a whole <laughs> bunch of these expansions that came in this box. <laughs> there is a little pamphlet for rules for the original game. Yes. There's a pamphlet of rules for components. 
There is a pamphlet of rules for setup solo mode. There is a pamphlet um, for expansions. Um, mm. The expansions have the Queen's Will. It has your subjects, Wind of History, Dragons. And then it has a pamphlet for variants. And you've got Instant Kingdom, Head to Head, Between Two Kingdoms, Kingdom Divided. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a <laughs> lot. Yep. And then the actual... So this is a very, 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 very simple game to play. Um, and then the the main uh, uh, setup pamphlet thing here is uh, six pages long, which is... So it's just like it looks like a regular pamphlet that you yeah. fold out. So like three on the front, three on the back. And it's just loaded with like words. Um, so we can get, we'll get to that here in a second. So if we revisit um, the theme, does the theme lend well to this game? I'd say, you know, it, it's fine. Yeah. You're it's making a kingdom. You could be making a city. You could be making yeah. a town. You could it's be very making, like um, reminiscent of the moon. This could be. Anywhere, yeah. Right? But it's reminiscent of Carcassonne, right? Like yes. that kind of si- exactly. like kingdom building, that kind of thing. Yep. So, so, it, yeah, the so yeah, theme is fine. But like you said, it could be, it could be anything, a lot of different really. themes too. Um, so then the components, um, components are nice. Components are fine. Yep. It's just a bunch of cards. It's cards. It's, it's pretty decent. You don't. Decent quality. It's not one that you're going to. It's a small box. You're not going to be cards. shuffling a ton because it doesn't really matter. No. So it's not like they're going to get frayed. A few of the expansions come with um, some little meeples that actually have like uh, kind of nice. screen printed um, yep. white outlines on them. They're actually quite nice. Um, so yeah, component wise. So components fine. are fine. And then artwork is kind of good and kind of not. I know, like some of it's <laughs> good, but then some of it's, I think, too simple, you know, like it's almost like a deck of cards simple. Okay. You know, like where it like, it, I, I know what they're trying to do, but it's like not my favorite. It's simple so that you know which, um, you know, the ones that, so one thing I'll say that I really do like is because it is card based and they have different colors, um, each different color has a different design background design. So mm-hmm. if you're colorblind, you can look at the designs and know yeah. and know which um yeah, you know where like, where you're going, exactly. what you're going for. So mm-hmm. that wouldn't be an issue, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just it's simple, really really simple. I think what for me is like there's not really art. Right? Like it's it's color and then there are yeah, um like many. nine different symbols and those symbols are could be done on a computer, right? They're like very, it's very very simple versions of these different yeah. symbols so yeah the, the artwork is it, it just is just okay yeah like it's it's nothing nothing crazy. groundbreaking but it no it, it makes sense for a nine minute game yes for right what like it, it is, matches it matches cheap, what it is it was very cheap it wasn't expensive it's was small so i think they believe inexpensive as opposed yeah, to okay, cheap not cheap inexpensive <laughs> Yeah, it was it was very affordable, which I think actually um, was really good for a Kickstarter, right? Like to have yeah, it's fine. It it matched its price nicely. Yeah. So um, one thing I would like to add to the way we do reviews <clears throat> is um, rule books, <laughs> because <laughs> that only seems to come up when there's one that's that's a no. Little bit but difficult. I think it's something we should add in. Yeah. Um, it's worth mentioning whether or not we decide to read the rule book, abandon the rule book. Yeah, watch that's a video. Fair. If we got annoyed with the rule book, we found the rule book really good. You know, whatever that yep. might be. This one is on the other end. This one, the rule books. So for with all these different expansions in here, first off, there's like five rule books, and we had to figure out which one we needed to to read to yeah. begin with. 
Um, and then, like I said earlier, this game is ultra simple, but the rulebook made it seem like ultra very complex. Um, and just like it, it, it was cumbersome. more little things. And I think I, I, what I'm going to say on that is I really feel that if this was written in Polish That's and we were exactly reading it what I was in thinking. Polish, yes. it would make complete sense and people would be like, what yes. are you talking about? There's no issue with the rule book. But I think this... Um, a direct... A direct consequence of... Um, uh, it being... Translation. Translated from yes. Polish to English. And I think that that... It really could have benefited from a, a, a better translation. But it also could have really benefited from being cut down like there's so much so many paragraphs and, and stuff yeah, in this in i this agree book that just seems so unnecessary oh. i think i could explain this game to you in about 30 seconds yeah i know without needing any of this and and it's and again i think this part is translation but for the longest yeah. time we were because they say like you have to start every game with the king's edict card the king's road edict mm -hmm. and we didn't know what the King's Road Edict card was because it never said anywhere and it just showed and you a, pi a, pi a picture of all the edicts and we're like well which one is the King's mm -hmm. Road Edict and then one had what we thought it was and it had a crown in it but then mm -hmm. we could not find any edict cards because that had a crown the, in it the card in the book had a crown in it and the card in real life does not yeah and, and so it was <laughs> so, well there are, there are cards that have it that yeah. don't and so so there was that part was hard because then we're like this doesn't seem like it should be this difficult mm -hmm. There's production um, issues with those type of things, like where it's something looked different in the manual versus what we actually yeah. had in the box. I also wanted to add, and sorry, I think you were going to no, add something but too. Like, so the rule books were cumbersome and suffering from translation. Yeah, and I think I think something this could have benefited from, and it probably would have cost them a little bit more, which is maybe why they didn't do it, is that because they have, like you... I read out all those variants and all those expansions. Mm -hmm. They have everything in the box and it's not divided at all. So nope. when you we open up the box, it. mm -hmm. it's, it's a pack of cards, the, the, like the tile cards kind of that are in, in wrap and then the smaller edict card size mm -hmm. cards in a pack. And so you have two packs of cards, but you have like eight different variants to the game and like yep. five different expansions and a base game. And you're like, which cards belong with which like they, it could have benefited Very... greatly from having, these are the base game cards. Yes. This is this expansion, this expansion, this expansion. Mm -hmm. And then the variant uses these cards. Like, so it also trying it, to, um, yeah, it, just along that line. It's just that I feel this had way too many things in this box. Like, that weren't the base game like it was yeah i feel like the base the game should if there's going to be like 900 different expansions like just make the game bigger and like it, make that the game you know like <laughs> like there's the original game and then there's like you said there's like there's so three many other different things, variants and, all these and like expansions. different expansions and different variants and stuff and it's just it's so con confusing and that's kind of what's for what <laughs> this game should be way too much going on way yeah. too many options for such a small simple game yes so um yeah so it comes down to really uh do we recommend this game so the, the reason i don't particularly recommend this game is because the whole time we we're playing it is that i basically this is what this game is is kind of a mixture between king king domino and carcassonne in a way and it's kind of like carcassonne you're kind of like playing carcassonne but all the um uh, meeples are 
are drawn onto the car. So you don't have to place any meeples out. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of the way this works. It's like a quicker, faster version of Carcassonne. Carcassonne. It just, the whole time I was playing is I was, I'd just rather be playing Carcassonne, Carcassonne or, and it, the whole nine by nine grid mm-hmm. thing, I would rather be playing King Domino. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of trying to, it kind of combined those two games into a, not as good as those other two games. Right. I, I will add to that, that I think that um, our view of this game was also tainted from how long it took us to figure out the game and what mm-hmm. cards belonged in it. And I think that really put yeah, a damper that's, on that's part of about it. it. I know, though. I know. That's, we were very frustrated for like and a I, good half an hour yes. on a little simple yes, card nine game, minute game. Right? Nine minute <laughs> kingdom, okay? And so I agree. I think but if we were to if we were to teach this to somebody else is where People I'm could going. Enjoy it, yes. I think. So if we were to teach this if there was like a better video or a better mm-hmm. rule pamphlet um, it could be, I think, better and it could fit a really nice, quick, one-off niche. Like, for those, it like, yeah, beginning it. of game, end of game. So I think the game is there. Going into it knowing that the rule book's a bit rough um, and it's going to take a long time to go through it. Mm-hmm. I just think that if they ever did, like, a like another reprint, another rerun of this, it would definitely benefit to work on that, mm-hmm. that rule book. But the game itself, it's nice and simple. It's easy it for kids, like super easy to but figure so it out. But so is King Domino's. Yeah, that's Carcassonne, true. I agree. Right? I'm not. I'm not discounting your. Like, I, I agree with you. It's just hard for me to say. Yeah, go and play this when those two other games exist. Yes, I so, agree. Um, for a little Kickstarter, for what it cost. Yeah, for what I what was, we paid for it. It was it, good. Yeah. It fine. just um, we just haven't tried the variants because honestly, the no. brain power to get through I the just don't know how interesting the pamphlets I am. haven't haven't been there. Yeah. I, I will, I think, get there one day. Yeah. Um, just not not, not right now. <laughs> no. So that's nine minute kingdom. Uh, we're gonna head on over and talk about our second game. All right. So the second game of our rapid fire review um, is. Coming to us from Alderac, uh, AEG. What game is this, Anne-Marie? This game is Dog Lover, designed by David Short, art by Callie Fitzgerald, and like you mentioned, published by the Alderac Entertainment Group, AEG. Yeah. And we'd like to uh, give our thanks to AEG for sending us yeah. Dog Lover. We've had this for a little while and um, have finally found the right spot for it in our podcast to review. And yeah, thanks for sending that out to us uh, at the Meeple Dungeon. And yeah, so let's let's talk about Dog Lover. So this one, uh, the theme is... Dogs. Dogs. Dogs, <laughs> dogs, dogs. <laughs> it's just purely uh, like the, what the name says, Dog Lover. So whoever designed this definitely had dogs in mind. And yes. it was all about dogs. Dogs food, dog bones, dog ball. Dog uh, treats. Dog, dog treats. Tricks. Uh, dog tricks. Training. Training and, and all these these type of things. Adoption. Yeah. So that's what this game is all about. And it's a it's a pure card game. Um with a couple little extra bits in it uh to make it interesting. So um the way this game works. So, okay. Funny, it's another game that where you lay cards out in a grid. Well it starts with a grid. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the you're, other you're one you're laying it out a into a, making a grid. This one mm-hmm. starts in a grid. So this this game has a whole bunch of different cards to it. It's got um, what's called the uh, game cards, which is a huge stack of cards that, that have a whole bunch of things in them. They've got um, uh, dogs and food and traits and uh, training cards and uh, various other things. And then, so you're going to lay those cards out um, in a nine, a three by three 
grid. Yes. Um, and you are going to start your game off with a trick card. And these trick cards, there's a, there's, you, there's a uh, starting trick card that everyone gets. Yes. You can either, you either use the standard side of the trick card or the special trick on the other side. So everyone, <laughs> if, if you wanted to use... <laughs> I didn't realize there were two sides to the card. Yeah. So, I was always just using the... The one that I that that was face up. I yeah, think. so <laughs> you can either uh, use the standard trick, and when everyone's on the same playing field, and you all just use the same card. To oh, start okay, with, okay. Or you can just grab one at random and do a special trick to start the game. Okay. So well, maybe trying... that's why, because we would always just go with the the randos. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what you what you're going to do is you're gonna, yeah you're going to start with your trick card. And what that trick card does is it dictates to you. So the the, the starting standard trick is sit. So on the card itself, it shows the outline like a shadow. What do you want to call it? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Silhouette. Silhouette of a dog sitting. And it's uh, it's got three squares covering the dog, the, the dog's silhouette, representing three cards in a line on uh, the board, like your, uh, yeah. your, nine, your three by three grid. So the way the card's laid out, it's a vertical line. Yeah. However, so, and this is, do, using this trick on your turn is going to dictate the cards that you can take from the grid, right? And there's going to be, like we said, there's going to be tricks and food and training cards and trait cards and uh, different toys and things laid out on that grid of all these different cards. So if you play the sit trick card, which is the one you start with, you can take three cards from that grid, basically in any fashion you like. You can just... You have to orient the card and saying, this is how I'm going to play this card. And you place it basically. We, we kept playing it at the bottom of the grid to show how we were orienting, orienting it. it to the grid. So you could play it however you want. Play it, say, straight up and down. And you could take either the three on the left side, three on the middle, or three on the right. Yes. And then you take those cards and you put them into your hand. And those things are those cards are going to do things for you. They could have collected another dog. Uh, oh, you also start with a dog. Yes. You start with a... A starting dog card you get a trait yeah. right a dog and uh yeah. yeah and you could either collect a new dog or a toy or food and so forth and whatever cards you just taken out of the grid you're going to do something with them if you collected a food card you're you just you're going to collect um a cube uh of that type of food there's a uh, canned food scrap dry food, bits and dry food can yeah and then uh that was wild yeah. just any any type of food yeah and you're going to collect one of those um, cubes. cubes and you're going to hopefully place it onto one of the dog cards that you have. Because each dog card, requires different it. types yes. of food to feed it. Because if at the end of the game you haven't fed your dogs, each dog is going to have a requirement on them for what type of food they want and how many of that type of food they need. And if you've fed them by the end of the game, it's all great. Um, but if you haven't, you're going to get negative points. And you're also so you're going to collect other uh, dogs, um, and you're going to get traits, and you're going to get training cards. And, and a lot of some of these cards, you get to um, you get to tuck, so you can like yeah. tuck them, attach them basically to your to your dogs. Yeah. So there's this one, for instance, like you're saying, uh, there's dog training card. Uh, <laughs> this one shows a, a book on it called Dog Training for Dummies, and it says <laughs> you can tuck this card underneath any dog and gain one victory point, or you can discard X amount of these to gain one trick that costs x so there's to the left of the board grid. yeah or the grid is uh the rescue shelter and that's where you can get kind of specialized dogs from and then on the right hand side are the training cards 
So if you wanted, are they uh, new tricks? Yes. That you can and acquire. so that's basically just different grid patterns that you can use to gain cards. Yeah. So you could trade in um, X amount of training cards that you've acquired from the grid to spend towards getting new tricks that will allow you to get different arrangements of selections from the grid. Right. Um, or you can tuck these underneath dogs and gain victory points for them just straight up. So there's lots of different options that way. And you're also going to get, um, what are they called? The favorite things. Yeah. The favorite things are like the toys. Yeah. There's, there's like tennis balls and bones. And Leash. Leashes and dog houses <laughs> and all these things. And those ones are ones that you're going to use for set collection. So you're going to try and collect one of every toy. And for every, I think you do, I think if you get five. If you get five, you get like a whack of points. toys, you get a whole bunch of of points yeah. but then there will be some dogs uh typically they believe the shell the dogs you get from the shelter there will yes. be ones like oh like if you attach a leash to this dog you get an extra bonus four yes. points so then you decide like oh do i want to keep this as a set collection card <laughs> or do i want to attach it to this dog and unless the card says like this turn you must attach it to something mm-hmm. you can keep it in your hand and, yep. and do that at a later turn because you don't have a hand size which yeah, is nice it's exactly like some cards will say you must do this now yeah. or they'll say do this whenever you like and or give you two or three options you can do this whenever you like or that or that right depends yeah. on you and it's you always have to just have it done by the end of the game you have to decide what you're going to do with right. some of those cards and also another thing we should say is that every time you play your trick so i'm still talking about being on say my turn yeah. the starting turn <laughs> Um, this is all the different things you can do on your turn. Just by one selection, playing one trick card, you can gain a bunch of cards from the grid and decide what you want to do with them. After you're done, so to kind of end my turn, there's the watchdog. Yeah. And it's a it's a little meeple. It looks like a, I don't know. Like, I think uh, it's a French bulldog French or something bulldog? like that. Yeah, that's probably what it is. It's a fair size. It's about two inches long, but an inch high. And it's a, a little meeple. And it, uh, it's called the Watchdog. And what it's going to be dictated from every time you play a trick, there's going to be a, a little asterisk star um, somewhere on your trick card. On your grid, yeah. Yeah, and then depending on how you oriented playing your trick to the grid, it's going to dictate where you have to play the Watchdog. So for the, if I played, for the next person's turn. Yes. So if I played this one straight up and down and I took it all from the left side, this is the standard sit trick. Um, then I would, it tells me that I, the little stars at the top of those, of that, uh, line, I'd have to place the watchdog on the top of that left side of the grid. And then you'd refill the grid. And now the watchdog is looking down from yes. the top down that left side of the grid. So when it comes to your turn now, when you play a trick, you would not be able to take more than one card. At, it doesn't matter what trick you played. If it, you yep. know. What doesn't matter from whatever from row, row or column that that wa- yeah. that the whatever watchdog is watching, <laughs> or he or she, whatever is looking <laughs> down or at whatever row or yeah. column, you can only pick at best one card from that row or column, no matter what trick you play. Yeah, even if it says you can take all three, you're only you're gonna have to take only one, right? Yes, for whatever trick you decide to play, and then when you've done your trick, you're gonna take your cards to your side, and you're going to do all the different things that you want to do and try to maximize your what you're doing and collections of of favorite things and adding new dogs and getting the food and various things and then you're gonna uh, place down the watchdog and it's going to be different depending on what trick you played yeah and so forth and you're going back and forth back and forth the grid after your turn yeah and then you're going to be getting dogs from the shelter which are going to give you yeah like you said kind of more powerful um, they give you little bonuses usually, options, like yeah. what does this dog like really like, like what will help this dog. and Yeah. yeah. And then um, there's 
also there's whoever doesn't start the game so in a two-player game if i'd started you get the fetch card yeah so the fetch card goes yeah to whoever is last uh in turn order yeah so even in a four-player game fourth player would have this card and the fetch card is cool it's just a ball and it's it's literally what it says if there's a single card out there you really 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 want you can play the fetch card on your turn and snag that card out of there aside from the trick that you've played and um yeah and and then the trick card would uh, uh, or fetch card would go into the grid in replacement of the card that you've just snatched and now the fetch card is up for grabs so if i play a trick that that fetch card lands inside my uh, grid thing my my selection yep. boxes i will get the fetch card to use whenever i like to use it yes and then the game ends when you've reached um the game end card so in the deck of all the uh game cards you are gonna keep going and going and going until you reveal the game and is that probably ending. gets shuffled into the bottom it's i think there's seven cards below it you shuffle it or in. something yeah um and then it's uh yeah it just shows itself and then everyone gets equal amount of turns and so if, if i revealed it on my turn you'd still get a turn and then the game would end but if i was the last player and it revealed on my turn then i'd be i would finish my turn and yeah, game over i'd be done and we'd yeah. be done and then you'd go on to the scoring and this one scores out really simply yep. basically you look at your dogs you make sure that they're all fed <laughs> if they're all fed that's great you're going to get um, X amount of points for the dog. Each, each dog is worth a different amount of points. The bigger dog is generally worth more points because you had to do more to to feed it yes. and so forth. Yeah, you have small, medium, and, and big dogs. And big, yeah. Yeah. And um, then you're going to uh, take a look at all the different cards that you've connected to that dog. Maybe um, yeah, every stuffed card a few you, cards underneath for victory talked. points or whatever it might be or like you've attached those cards like you said specific card to a specific dog that gives it 10 extra points if you add the yeah. leash to this dog or whatever and so you're going to go through and you're going to tally up all the different points from your dogs or negative points if you didn't uh feed yes. your dogs you kind of lose everything yeah you lose points um and then you're going to go to the your favorite things pile where you're going to have all the different items the toys and things that you've collected and you're going to depending i think it was five if you had five different ones you're going to get x amount of, of points and if you had four or three or two you're going to get various little points for that yep and then you're going to go to the bones and the bones how do those work again the bones, so the bones were if you had one of the bones cards right. um you would get um, one victory one point. victory point if you had two bones you would get one victory point per dog that you have yep and if you had three bones in your hand at the end of the game you would get two victory points per dog that you have yes and that's it. So you're going to have those dogs, things, and bones for scores, tally those up, and see who wins. Yeah. It is that simple. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a fair explanation of uh, how Dog Lover works. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's take a look at revisiting the theme. Does the theme lend well to this game? I think so. I think it totally does. Yeah. It's a silly, fun... I. To be honest, when I first saw this theme, I was like, I don't think that this theme's going to do anything for me. <laughs> like, I, you know, I like dogs and whatever, but like, I'm not a dog person per se. Like, you know, where people are just obsessed with dogs and a dog walks by and you've got to pet it and, you know, like that type yeah. of thing. Not that way. We have a dog. He's laying right here beside me. But it's just um, yes. not a theme that Grabbed excited me. Right off the say. <laughs> But I know for you, that could be quite different. Yeah. Um, but that's just for me. Yeah. Um, 
But the theme, I, at the end of the day, though, I, I think the theme really worked well. It, Absolutely, it was, yeah. It, it did really work well. I, li- I like the theme. You know, and it came down to little things that were really fun, um, like the watchdog. I like the watchdog, yeah. Like having the watchdog be watching He's the row literally or the column. And it's down like, the row. Like, you can't oh, touch can't. it. I dare you. You can't touch it. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. don't take it. And uh, so that was really cute. Like, mm-hmm. I, I liked how they implemented that in there. And... It just, everything made sense. Everything it worked did. well. Like, favorite things. Yeah. You no, know? It, it did. And, like, attach this. This works with a small dog. This works with a medium yeah. dog. Having more food for a large dog, it really made you think, like, which dogs do I want to grab and which ones mm-hmm. do I want to leave? And, um, and you know, having a little strategy in there. Do I tuck the cards or do I... Or do I hold do on I to them? save them? Anticipating getting more of those type of cards to spend on getting other dogs or other tricks. Yeah, like could you have used some, like a different theme probably, but I think this one worked really, really well for it. It, it worked I, really well. I the think theme a lot surprised of, me. I think a lot of thought went into this game. It is. Just with yeah. how they put it together and flushed it out. I think it's, yeah, I think yeah. they... they I think it, the theme works well. I agree. So let's, uh, let's look at the artwork. It's um, cute. <laughs> very cute. Love the artwork. It's really nice. Yeah. Really easy to, the iconography. Oh, yeah. Really, really easy to know what you're doing. Um, There's enough text on the cards that you know exactly what they do, but it's yep. not overwhelming. It's so that very simple. Like a, a, a child could read it and not be overwhelmed with the not amount of text. Yeah. Nope. Um, that you could help them out and they'd, with the big iconography, they they could even start memorizing some things too, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, artwork is great. It's cute. It's yeah. straight to the point. Really functional. Yeah. Um, components. Great. Good quality cards. Yeah, um, each, each dog has a name. Which each is dog cute. has they a name named differently. Each dog on there, which well, who's is... this beside me? Og. Og, the big dog. They have Muttley Crew. And... Yeah. And there's Hannah. <laughs> and yeah there's, yeah, there's a whole bunch of dogs here. But yeah, good quality cards. Different good quality cards. The, the watchdog is a nice, big, thick meeple. Thick, chunky one. Yep. Um, the... Uh, the food cubes. Food cubes are super easy to use. And, and that's about it. That's, that's it. And there's a little, the uh, little score pad. I will actually it. say one thing I do like is the box size fits the game. Yep. Um, the game fits right in so it real a nice. Sm- a nice small rect- rectangle and it uh, it's not too big of a box. It's not too small. It like, fits really nicely mm-hmm. in there. So, so yeah, great, great components. <laughs> um, so rule book, since we're on that. Rule book, I read it. You read it. Great. Made sense. You knew how Simple, to play the game. Set me up. I was ready to go in 15 minutes or so, even less, maybe. Um, yeah, great. Rule book is great. That's how you do a rule book. <laughs> Liked it. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of the day, do we recommend this game? I do. I really do. I really like it. I'll be, I will, I will uh, be honest. And this one surprised me a lot. I thought. You know, silly themes aren't my thing. Like, yes, you're a very theme based person. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I judge stuff by the unicorns by the and book. rainbows is usually my theme. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I just I do I judge games by their box, and I thought the artwork was cute. Uh, don't get me wrong; I don't think it's bad, but it's not something I want to grab and go yes, play. I got you. Um. Uh, however, the artwork works really well for this, and the game is really good. I, I was really, really impressed with this. It was way more intricate than I anticipated. Yes. The theme worked way better than I would have ever imagined. And yeah, I just, I was really pleasantly, 
surprised that this yeah. was much better than I anticipated. I thought it was going to be fine. Yes. But this was like really fun. I liked this oh, one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was really surprised. And not in a like a bad way. I didn't think this was going to be bad. I want to get that out of the way. I didn't think this was going to be bad. It's just not a game I didn't think was particularly going to be for me. Yeah. Um, but it was. It was great. I, I wanted to play it again. As soon as we finished it, I wanted to play it again. Because you know what it reminds me of? And it's down the same the same avenue for me is Sushi Go. So Sushi Go, again, very cutesy, you know, yep. cutesy game that for me it was like, oh, how good can this yeah. be, right? I'm sure it's fine, but whatever. But I was obsessed with Sushi Go. I yeah. still love Sushi Go to this day. Anybody wants to play it, I'm in. I want to play it all the time. Yeah. And this one scratched a similar itch. This one's more intricate, more things going on, but it has a similar kind of style to it with, with different set collections and different choices to make with cards and yes. how to use them. Yeah. Right. And when to take a card, like to, how to try to get a card you want. And like, so you're not <laughs> drafting. <laughs> we had a fun conversation. I was like, I don't think this is like sushi go at no, all. No. Okay. The, I see what you're saying though. In there mechanism are... it is not. Yes. But in like feel it is on how you want to use cards and what cards you want to try and get. For me, I think just sushi go is very much a card drafting, pass the card, pick, pass yes. the card, pick. So but yes, you are when not you're, doing that. But here. when you're tucking the cards, choosing what combos to make, yes, yes very All the different combinations way. and how you want to use your cards yes. is very I much. I see what you're saying. <laughs> decision making somewhat like sushi go. Yes. And same from this, that side of being very cutesy. So yeah. that's, uh, yeah, I really like it. I do endorse this one. I think this one's great. So if you like a good I, cute yeah. card game family game i recommend it i think it's very cute it is um like you said there is that that complexity to it but it's mm -hmm. a simple game as well so it's yep simple and easy and fun it was and, yeah. uh, it's something i wanted to play again right after we finished it so yeah i'm just saying do they have they say 10 plus and i think that's both fair yeah that sounds about right eight nine ten um just on a note so aeg also has um a, a game called cat lady and so right. if Cat Lady, I haven't played that one yet. No. If that one is anything like Dog Lover, <laughs> I think be. it'll be. Yeah, no. Because if you, if you can put in the personality of cats, mm -hmm. the way that they did like personality and, and the life, it's almost like if they could do the personality of a cat, like they did the life of a dog. Yeah. I think it would be an awesome game as well. I so, think so I want to, I want to take a look at that one. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to try it. So if AG's listening, uh, yeah, Cat Lady does interest us, uh, especially <laughs> after playing Dog Lover. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for Dog Lover. We are going to move on to our last um, review from our Rapid Fire review right after this. Meeples and Milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun. They offer a stay and play library with over 500 games, yummy eats like delicious milkshakes, tasty treats, and scrumptious sandwiches all made in-house. And they host a board game meetup every Wednesday and Friday at 7pm. Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. Their easy-to-navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples and Milkshakes and their friendly, knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. 
Alrighty then, here we are at our final review of our rapid fire review episode. And what are we doing lastly, Anna Marie? Lastly, we are going to review Solar Storm that is designed by Aiden Lowther, art by Vladimir Ishlin and Elias Stern, and published by Dranda Games. Yes, Solar Storm. This is a game that we pre-ordered uh, last year, and it showed up sometime in late spring, I think. Yeah, so this game, it's a 2020 game, but mm-hmm. it wasn't available here until no. 2022. Yeah. So, so it's we a 2022 it, game for us. <laughs> I think it arrived here in, in like May or something. Yeah. And we had attempted to play, like not attempted, but had it out like, okay, that we're going to get to this game, you know, now. And we just, uh, just didn't happen, didn't happen, didn't happen. And we found the perfect spot to throw it into our yeah. uh, schedule was for one of these uh, rapid fire review episodes with smaller games. Cause this one is a smaller game, small box, uh, small game, uh, but a uh, pretty big game in this little box here. Yeah. Um, so solar storm, uh, the theme of it is that you were aboard, you're the crew of a ship and your ship is in real trouble because you are <laughs> next real, to the sun real trouble or a sun. I'm not sure what sun, but you're next to a sun in the middle of a solar storm of some sort, and it's shut off like all the different parts your of your ship. Your systems are just shutting down left, right, and yeah. center. You're your fixing them; core. they're shutting down. You're <laughs> fixing them; they're shutting down. Yeah, you're, so your <laughs> your your energy core is broken, and you're you're trying to divert power from all the different other parts of your ship in order to get the energy core up and going again yes. so that you can fly away and not be incinerated by the sun. <laughs> that's yeah. the theme. And that's exactly that's the general why, goal of the game. <laughs> and it's that reading that theme uh, was exactly what made me want to back this game. And I still remember when you uh, told me about it and you were so excited. Yeah, I was like, oh, this, this is a great theme. I love the idea of co-op and trying to, you know, just narrowly escape get, death. Yeah, escape a horrific, <laughs> a horrific uh, death. Yes, yeah. as weird as that sounds, it's just exciting. It's a cool, cool, exciting theme. So the way this game works is you each. <laughs> Sorry, funny <laughs> enough, three out of three games either start or end or are all played in a nine by nine grid or three by three grid. Isn't that weird? That I just they all have nine by that. three by three grids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because sitting right in here in front of us is the three by three grid for Solar Storm. <laughs> that is bizarre. And yeah. that was not planned. No, not at all. Um, that's really funny. They all do center around a three by three grid, which yeah. is really weird. Interesting thing to point out. Sorry, that just made but, me laugh. But uh, yeah, so you start this game by selecting a color. There's there's uh, four different colors, and this is a co-op game. You can be red, black, uh, yellow, or blue. And the one real cool thing about this is um, I think every character on here is a lady yeah which is it's just yeah, that's unusual it looks, it's kind of cool it looks like a ponytail it does it looks like someone kind back. of running with a long uh yeah ponytail, ponytail flying kind of behind thing. yeah so <laughs> I, I think so anyway that's a nice little yeah. touch um but yeah, smart you take your ladies color. in space is what they could have called it <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> totally uh so that you take your color you take your little reference card that uh tells you all the different actions you can do you lay out the uh nine by nine or three by three grid and in the middle of the grid you have to put the energy core card but everything else everything else is random around the outside and it's it's uh, an additional eight different rooms of your ship there's the medical bay the cargo hold the engine room the mess hall the armory the crew quarters 
the repair, repair center, center and the bridge. Yeah. And each one of these is a room that you kind of have to deal with um, in order to uh, get the power diverted. diverted to the energy core. So yeah. you start the game yeah, with the energy core in the middle and all your little meeple players start on in the energy core. And then on each card of these different rooms, they're going to have uh, cubes that, that represent... Um, Basically, the room has full health. The, the room, yeah, is, has full is energy. In, in good shape. Yeah. So each one can have three cubes on it. Um, and then you start the game. So you load up all the cards with these cubes. So each room has three cubes. And then you draw a few random cards that kind of give you a starting scenario for yeah um, like i'll i'll interject here you've okay. got you've got your damage deck which is separate mm. from your grid and when you're getting the damage deck ready there are three different levels to it right. your top level so on the top deck is going to have single damage yep. rooms the second level is going to have two damage rooms so like two rooms per per card mm -hmm. and then your third level is going to have three damage rooms so when you start the game you've shuffled you've shuffled each layer then placed them in the proper spot and then you take two cards from the bottom level so yes. you're going to take two rooms are going to have some damage taken out of them yep so and then you remove whatever that dictated to you is or no sorry not two rooms you could you could have like you're gonna have to two, two cards that are gonna show three different rooms on each card. Some of them might be the same. Yeah. Some might be different. So. So you're gonna start off with some damage yes. on your ship, and then then Dispersed. you're gonna start the game. And the way it works is the first player, uh, you have you, you take three actions on your turn in the kind of the first phase of your turn. You can either move your character, repair a room, activate a room, divert room power, scavenge, share resources. Or you can actually hold on to and save an action in which you're going to take a little uh, action token. Token that's going to say you got plus one action for like your next uh, turn. Yeah, this it's neat when you um, depending on your player count, you'll start with a different number of resource cards as well. Yes. So like in a two player game, you'd start with four resource cards each, but in <laughs> a four player game, you'd start with two. So yes. And so the resource cards are everything in this game. So there's a huge deck of resource cards, and the, there's four resources that you use in this game there's nanobots metal energy and data yep. and they're represented by a purple red green and blue cards with different symbols on them and then you have some universal ones thrown in there that are wild. yeah it's they're a, like a black could be used as any card that says you can use this card it's got all symbols any, so. uh, any resource so like she said we could you could depending on player count and difficulty and you whatnot, start with a couple cards and you can start with a few resources in your hand and you, each card, each room has kind of uh, requirements for what they need to be fixed and also requirements for you to divert uh, energy, divert the energy once the room is fixed to the energy core, which is your ultimate goal is to divert all the power from all other eight rooms to the energy core in order to get yourself the core, out of there and then you can win. Otherwise, you're not going to win. <laughs> so... Um, so, yeah, you're, the whole thing you want to do is you want to move around the ship, uh, fixing the things that are broken, and hopefully, uh, yeah, fixing the room enough that you can divert the energy from it to the energy core and kind of sign off on that room as, as done and then move on and then and try to do the rest of them. Right. So you can, yeah, on your action or on your turn doing three actions, moving is generally what you do. You're moving from uh, room to room, kind of doing things. Each movement is an action. Yep. And activating the room, uh, so each room has its own uh, action that can be done in the room. Like, for instance, the medical bay, 
Uh, if you activate the room, uh, you can take two action tokens when starting in this room. So that's a huge, huge thing. So yes. right, if you start your turn in that room, you can grab yourself two of the plus one action tokens and put them beside you. Now you you have five actions as of the start of this turn. That has definitely helped us win the game. Yes, it has. In the past. And there's, <laughs> each room has various different powers that they do mm -hmm. in this way. Um, then there's diverting the power. So if your room is fully fixed and has all three of its cubes on it, you can divert the power. And in order to do that, there's a requirement in the top left of the card uh, saying three, basically random, uh, uh, combinations of resources. resources. So uh, in right in front of me is the medical bay. And it says that, uh, you have to have a data card and two energy cards in order to, uh, divert that power. And if you can satisfy that and you discard those cards out of your hand, um, then you would throw down one of these cool little purple, white, electric Energy node looking things. Divert power tokens is what they're called. Onto that card. <laughs> and now you've successfully kind of eliminated that room as something mm -hmm. you need to do. Now you've only got seven rooms left that you need to do this with. Yeah. And then after your turn, well, there's a couple more things you can do. So scavenging is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> scavenging is... Is literally rolling the dice. So it comes with a die and you roll this die and depending on what you get on that die, die roll dictates to you how many um, resource cards you can just grab from either the, there's kind of a face up two or three cards that you can pick from or yep. you can take from the top of the yep. top of the deck. And so if you roll a three, four or five, you can take one of these cards. If you roll a six, you can take two, but if you roll a one or a two, which I always roll. Oh, you had our last game. Oh, you had my goodness. Luck with you get one. nothing and you yeah. just wasted an action. <laughs> and then there's also sharing resources. So if you're in the same room as somebody, you can switch stuff back and forth. And each card you use is an action. Is an action. Yes. And then, like I said earlier, you can save an action, like just get a plus one token if you want to leave it for the next round. Did you explain how you repaired a room? I know um, no. So, okay. When, a, it's the same difference. So in a, yeah. when a room doesn't have all its cubes in place, it's going to reveal from underneath those cubes, they're going to reveal different resources you need in order to fix that room. Same thing, discarding those cards from your hand. So for instance, the medical bay, two of the three, uh, repair spots are open. So need to be fixed. One has a metal and one has a nanobot. So if I, discard a metal and a nanobot on my turn that takes two of my actions mind you i will have fixed that room up tight and you show it's fixed by taking cubes and putting yeah, them and back on place, those squares exactly. then and you know you, that you don't have to do anything with them yeah you'd replace the cubes back onto the thing so that room is at full power yeah and that's how that works then you go to the second phase of your turn after you've done your three actions and you will uh take resources simply um, take one face-up card or two cards from the resource deck from the top. So you yes. can take one that's face-up that you're like, oh, I really need a nanobot. Yep. I really, really need that. And I can take that because to make sure I have one. Or you can roll the dice, you know, and take the top two and see what you get. And then also, and then you go to the third phase of your turn, um, which is the damaging of the ship. And like Anne-Marie said earlier, there's a damage deck. Then you're going to flip over a card. And you're just going to damage the ship on whatever it tells you. So it's Whatever gonna, room it reveals. Yeah, it's going to say, it's going to list one, two, or three different rooms on it. Uh, like she said, it's it's organized from top to bottom specifically to have Least damage single to damage most. cards yeah. first. And then once you're done with those, double damage and then third damage. And beyond that, it gets really dire. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to damage a ship, uh, part of the ship. And you're going to remove a cube from each one of those um, parts of the ship. 
um, if they have cubes. See, that's the thing. If you ever have to damage the ship and there's no cube in that room, you, you lose. lose. Game over the ship. You blow a hole in the side of the ship and you all die. Yeah. Um, but managing those cubes is a huge part yeah. of the game and that you don't want to ever let those cubes get down to that point. You always want to kind of end your turn with at least one cube on every room. Yeah, because even if you don't have... Um... Even even or sorry, even if you've got the diverted power token and you've already diverted power from that room, if it runs out of cubes and then yep. that that room gets damaged again, the game is still over. Yeah, because the it's good now... thing about once you've once you've diverted the power from a room is that when you do want to fix that room, you can spend one resource of whatever yes. of the three are showing. And fix the entire room. Yeah, so if it had no, if it had three, like, items that needed to be repaired in there, and you had one of them, yeah. you could place one on, and they all get repaired. And that's, that's only after it's been... The power's been diverted. The power's been diverted, yeah. you've got the purple token on there. Yeah. Otherwise, you just have to fix them individually. It super helps that, that Yeah. Way. So, yeah, that's how you, you how the turn works. You take your three actions, then you take some resources, then you damage the ship, and then it goes on to the next person. There are two ways you can lose the game. One way we already went over, right? Yeah. If if you Blowing have to damage, yeah, if you have to damage it when there, or when, when there's no cubes, yes. and you get a damage card. Game over. The second way you can lose is if the resource deck is empty. Yes. So if you run out of cards in the resource deck, um, it doesn't include the face up resource cards in your hand, just the deck. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you run out of cards in the deck, game over, because you don't you now have no more resources to use yep. to fix your ship. So thematically, it makes sense. Yeah, totally. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's how you lose. And the only way to win is if you divert power from all eight rooms and activate the energy core. Yep, that's it. It's literally that's it. Yeah. There is one small um, expansion for this that comes in there in the game called the escape pod. And it's it makes up slightly different rules. So someone <laughs> can win on their own Ooh. and everyone else dies. So if okay. you make it to the escape pod and leave, you can just leave and everyone else <laughs> is left to... I haven't played that way yet. No, but... This one is best more as a full co-op, I think, because it's got a small scale. This isn't Nemesis we're playing here, right? So on a small scale, I think the the co-op thing works. They also have a solo variant. They do. In this game, yeah. Well, to be honest, you could just, you could play all four characters on your own if you wanted to. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, that's how the game works. So um, let's revisit the theme. Does the theme lend well? Yes. Extremely well. Oh, you, feel you really the, do the feel the pressure. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Like, Especially when we have cool music. I was just going to say, you put some music on in the background. You're like, oh, I got to get out of here. Dun, 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 we got to fix the ship. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so, so good that way. Yeah. Um, theme. Yeah. Slam dunk. Theme is great. Yes. Um, the artwork. Really good. Yeah. Tremendous. It, I didn't I didn't pay too much attention to the artwork, honestly, because I was focusing on the game well, and and the art that i noticed the most were the nanobots like what are the resources yeah right sure. because those are the cards i had in my hand but yeah like i the artwork on the cards though is really really nice what it does it it it, it reminds me of like ridley scott's i alien. was gonna st- i was just gonna say that it yeah. reminds me of alien because yeah like each room is what i kind of what i like is each room is kind of like a different color yeah so you're kind of focusing they've, on they've brightened it up from yes not looking scary per se yeah, like alien no. scary but it still has the um Spatial. the look like the uh, the actual like when you're looking at the computers in the hallways and the different uh things on the walls and stuff it looks very much like the nostromo 
uh, inside yeah. sort of thing. But just brightened up and a little bit more colorful so it doesn't yes. look so uh, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah, yeah, artwork's great, especially the like cover it. box. Oh, the really cover! Nice. The cover yeah. is uh, really if you really wouldn't nice. have seen this um, on pre-order, and I saw this in the store, I would want to get it. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it's very bright for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, artwork another slam dunk. Really liked it. Uh, yeah. Components cards are nice quality. Yep. Cubes are really nice quality. Um, yeah, I like the four them. little meeples, like we said earlier. I like I like that they're uh, orange cubes. Uh, four ladies. Honestly, I think that's what they're trying to go for. Anyway. Yep. Um, because it kind of reminds me of my, one of my favorite characters ever yep. in Ripley. So <laughs> yeah. it's kind of par for the course. Um, and yeah. yeah, the little chits are fine. The dice is just a classic Nice little kind of, again, I like. You can use any die you want. It's just a six-sided yeah, green die. Yeah, six, but they've got, yeah, it's the kind of the see-through green. So they use yeah. the, like the plastic see-through and the, nice. for both the die and the, um, orange cubes, which I mm-hmm. like. Yeah, it's good quality. It's it really good. It works well. Um, rule book. Uh, taught me this game in an instant. Oh, easy. It's a easy slam peasy rule dunk. Book. Great, great yep. tool, uh, rule book. Easy, easy learn. Yes. Um, yeah. So this this game's got a lot going for it. For sure. Uh, so that brings us to our, um, whether or not we recommend this game, I think it's pretty clear we do. Yes. Uh, because this game, it, it reminds me of one of my favorite games of all time, and that's... Uh, <laughs> Well, our one of our favorite games of all time, and that's Forbidden Desert. Oh my gosh! Where yes, that game is amazing. it's this co-op instance uh, where things are getting dire, and you're in constant damage control, and yeah. uh, you know where in Forbidden Desert the sand is piling up, right? And you're trying to deal with the sand and trying to find the the missing parts. Where in this one, um, the the dam the ship is getting damaged, and you're constantly trying to fix the ship so that you can divert the power. And it's a similar sort of thing it's going a balance, on here. Like- do I do I go mo- spend my movement to fix that part of the ship, or do I go to this one and try to just get the uh, right divert the power because I need to do that? And so do it's we, a do constant we roll the struggle. dice and hope that yeah, like we can make a turn without you know pulling a, a damage card that blows up that part of the exactly. ship. You know? like oh, so many cool cool yeah. decisions just like that, just similar to Forbidden Desert. Um, it's a same idea. It's a four player co op. Um, although the players don't have different powers, the cards do. The cards do. So yeah. if you're a certain player and you're hanging out in a certain part of the grid, you can kind of use those things to our advantage. And like, well, should I move over here? No, you should stay on that card, so that next turn you can you can start your turn. Oh, there you go. For instance, the medical bay again. If you start your next turn on the medical bay, um, get you're gonna extra get two actions. extra two two extra actions, and that can maybe win us the game. And so you start to talk that way, right? And you can accumulate them, so you can use those on different turns. Like oh, you yeah. don't have to, yeah. But that's the so the players For not sure. having powers isn't a big deal. It's no. just that where you are on the ship gives you yes certain powers, and I like that a lot. Um, so yeah, this game for me is a I highly recommend this game for anybody that likes co-op first oh, yeah. off, um, and likes quick co-op, yeah, and likes great themed co-op. This one's just awesome this is this is really really good um oh yeah i i definitely recommend this game and this game is great um i mean we played it two player we played it four player with uh with the kids and they really enjoyed it and so they say on the box like 10 plus i think that's fair we have um you know seven and nine almost eight and ten and um yeah the older one grasped it no problem Mm -hmm. the younger one we helped a little bit with strategy um yeah but just so he understood to kind of but yeah he had his input on what he wanted to do so 
um, yeah, I I think it's great. I think it's a simple game to to teach. It's, it's really good. a simple concept, um, yeah. but a lot of complexity in your decisions and mm-hmm. that you know you, you're under pressure. <laughs> you are. It's so. It's yeah. It's it's, it's fantastic. Really like it. Um, it's exactly what I was hoping for out of the game. It's yeah. like almost exactly what I envisioned when I was reading it. So it's like no different. Yeah, it was definitely one of those lived up to the hype you were hoping. It did. Not even the hype. It was just exactly like what expectations I lived yeah. up to your expectations. For yes, sure. it was. It was as good as I'd hoped it would be. Yeah. And it's um, for me, it's right up there now in one of my favorite co-op games. Oh, it's great. B- particularly for small ones like this is because we do play Forbidden Desert a lot. Yeah. But now I think that this one might be right there with Forbidden Desert um, uh, as one of the games that we might play a lot. Well, and a this is a nice it's uh, it's a lot smaller than Forbidden Desert. Like the box is small, so it'll be yeah. easier to pack and a up better and, box. and take Not places. That right. Tin thing that the lid oh, comes off. I and... love that tin thing, but. <laughs> But yeah, like this, you could pack up and take with Anywhere. you easy. Yeah. Great con game. You could play this in between if groups are playing whatever and they're, they still need half an hour to finish their game. You could whip this out and play with three or four players. Mm, maybe we could take it to Shucks. We, I think I'm going to. <laughs> I think so. This will be in the bag to bring to Shucks. So if anybody wants to play Solar Storm with us at Shucks, just message us and we'll make it happen. Because this game rocks. So... I think that that about uh, (laughs) ends our episode. Um, So you can find us on Twitter at Meeple Dungeon, uh, YouTube, The Meeple Dungeon. If you'd like to email us, it's themeepledungeon at gmail.com. And yeah, we're, uh, I think we're just about done here. And we're going to. Super looking forward to a convention. (laughs) Can't wait. So yeah, seriously, anyone out there wants to come and game or hang out or talk about anything, come and find us. We'd love to talk to you. But I think that's it, and we're going to run, and we will see you next week. Cheers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.